You're listening to RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven, a podcast designed to help financial professionals remove the fear and anxiety around going independent. Let's go. John Geary is an investment advisor representative with Harvest Financial in Westchester, Ohio. Harvest Financial is a federally covered investment advisor registered with the SEC. John Geary is neither a tax attorney nor a CPA. This is for informational purposes only, taken from the best sources available, but is not guaranteed and should not be relied upon for the purposes of filing a tax return. Please forgive the abrupt start to this interview. John and I were having such a great conversation before I hit record that I thought we should get that on uh, on the podcast as well. So we jump in mid-sentence, um, but it's great content. Listen up. And all that time with. I'm recording, John. Ryan I figured this is a great this okay. is a great conversation. Okay. I'm like, why am I not recording this conversation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were. It was a Tuesday when Fidelity announced that as of Friday, everybody was going to be 100% work from home. Yeah. And just thinking back on, I think the logistical challenge is to turn a 40,000-person workforce into 100% remote and turn it around in 72 hours. I I can't imagine the the heavy lift that that was to make that happen. And yeah. A lot of the groups were already working a couple of days a week from home, our group was. And so it really wasn't a drastic shift for us. But uh, it was definitely a, a different experience to be there, you know, five days a week and, you know, you log out and your commute's over. Yeah. It was, that was new. Yeah. I, uh, John, why don't, you, why don't you bear with me one second here? Sure. Okay, because I'm going to... Um... All right. Bear with me one second. I already hit recording because we were having such a good conversation that I, you know, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to miss that because I think this is fun stuff for, uh, uh, fun stuff for the recording as well. Now, of mm-hmm. course, I'm fumbling through technology and stuff, but what I want to do is make an introduction, right? So I'd probably just leave that front end in there, you know, for the, the 30 seconds or so. But, um, I want to introduce you to our listeners before we go any further so they know who the heck they're talking to, right? Um, so without further ado, John, you're an interesting guy. Uh, today, my guest on RIA Collective, this is Charlie Van Derven, your host. Today, my guest on RIA Collective is John Geary. Uh, John's interesting. He's a little bit different than the others that we typically interview. You know, we've got a, uh, our friend Corey Kupfer on a couple episodes ago, a breakaway attorney. He got a lot of great insight. Um, RIA leadership. Uh, you know, John's, John's followed a little bit different path in the industry. And he's got a really narrow focus. We're going to talk about all that. Um, But John Geary, welcome. Thank you for being here. John is an advisor with Harvest Advisors, Harvest Financial Advisors, pardon me. Um, John, thanks for joining me today because you've got some really interesting perspective I'm excited to bring to our listeners. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. So we were, you know, we were just chatting about the challenges. John was an analyst at Fidelity, um, and we were just chatting about the challenges of a firm like Fidelity, 40,000 employees all going remote at the exact same time. What was that like, man? What was that like on the back end of that, John, with, uh, you know, the, the logistics of reporting in everything else? Tell us about that experience. So it was very much a build a parachute on the way down type exercise. <laughs> uh, the group that I was working in in operations, we already had laptops. We were already working from home two days a week. 
So for us, it was just really switching where we did the other three days. Yeah. We already had dedicated spaces. We already had our processes mapped out. Other groups, this was an entirely new experience for them. And just getting that many laptops, I can't, I, I have no concept of how anyone could do that in 72 hours. So they, yeah. they already made the announcement on a Tuesday and by Friday, that was it. And, Crazy. you know, there were still some people I had to go into the office, the mail processing and such, but the vast majority of us were work from home for eight, I think it was about 18 months. And yeah. I ended up leaving Fidelity in June of 2021 and everyone still worked from home and came here to harvest at that point. So I know most of them are back in the office now, but it's mostly a hybrid schedule. Uh, so yeah. they're going back to what I used to term my, my normal. Yeah. Very cool. We, we had an office downtown Daytona beach and we had a, uh, you know, 11 of us, maybe, I don't know how many, ever many were coming to the office and yeah, it was abrupt like that. Right. It was, um, we were in like the epicenter early on, if you remember was new Orleans. Mm-hmm. Well, the week prior to kind of everything shutting down was my kids spring break. They never ended up going, well, they're back in school now, but you know, they never ended up going back to school after spring break. We had pre-planned a trip to New Orleans, you know, not a not a not a tough little trip from from where we live in Florida. Um, so we ended up going, you know, everybody, I think, was kind of still wondering how severe this was going to get. And while we were in New Orleans, like the epicenter, we like to say we were in New Orleans licking handrails, um, <laughs> just picking up COVID wherever we went. Right. Um, that was, you know, that was when everything shut down. We did the same thing. And it was probably. That was probably Saturday of that week. And we were like, you know, no need to go back to the office. Now we were 11. It was no problem. Everybody was working on laptops anyway. Right. So it was really easy for mm-hmm. us to do, but I agree with you 40,000 and the other firms that, you know, some of the firms we work with, with, you know, 15,000 advisors and things like, I mean, well, and of course, you know, they all got their own offices, but anyway, just a, yeah. What a, what a crazy time. huh? Yeah. It was definitely, definitely an experience. And, uh, I'm glad we're through it and I'm glad that uh, things are somewhat back to normal. Yeah. Uh, I just hope that we as a collective species can learn some lessons from this and yeah. I don't know. move forward. I don't know if we are. I don't know if we're learning any lessons. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. I'm just I'll, kidding. I'll default to the positive. <laughs> yeah. There, I like, listen, I like that. Um, John, I'm curious, right? You, you know, so one of the unique perspectives you have is, you know, you're an analyst at Fidelity choosing wealth management for the next mm-hmm. stage of your career, what leads to that? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what did you see in that piece? Anyway, what, what leads to that? Why'd you choose wealth management after, after so many years of Fidelity? So I spent 17 and a half years at Fidelity and yeah. I got to do a lot of different things, trading, leadership, trade correction. Um, and then ultimately the analyst role got to do a lot of different things in terms of correcting work, correcting mistakes, making decisions about how we were going to implement things. It, what led me here was one of the people that I really consider to be one of my best friends, Monica Dwyer, Cool. works here at Harvest and has for about the last four years. Uh, this is our third job together. So we've okay. been together about 20, 20, 21 years now. So we started in customer service at Citibank together in Northern Kentucky. Cool. Then we went to Fidelity together. And she came here about four years ago. And she kept talking to me on about 
you know, you really got to meet John, you really got to meet John. And, you know, at the time they just didn't really have any physical space, uh, but Harvest built this new building that we're in and uh, got to meet the owner, Mark, and uh, we hit it off and one thing led to another. And here I am. That's awesome, man. That is so cool. Yeah. You know, I think uh, you certainly get to impact people's lives on on both sides, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you've got direct impact on people's lives now, and I think you know it's part of the, part of the reason that 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 we do what we do at Social Advisors is part of the reason for RAA Collective, mm-hmm. right? I really do feel like, and this is maybe piss some people off, and I guess that's okay. I really do feel like when we get in, you know, the big brand bank wirehouse type you know, type roles, it's really difficult for an advisor to be a fiduciary, right? They're, they're acting too often on behalf of that brand, you know, pushing quotas, need more lending if they got a bank side, you know, things along those lines, right? Products are being, that are being sold. So we push really hard, you know, I, I feel like supporting that RIA independent space helps have this unbiased, this fiduciary impact on a lot of households, on a lot of people. Right. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anyway, that's, that's, you know, part of the, well, not part of the, the premise of RA collective is to help educate those people that are in one of those big brands that are thinking, gosh, I got to be independent, you know? So uh, what I just heard you say is that, um, it really is relationship that brings you to the wealth management side. Right. Yeah. And being here allows me to do a lot of the things that I truly have a passion for. Uh, I really, really, as as nerdy as this is going to sound, I really enjoy digging in someone's tax situation. (laughs) Um, When I when I took the tax class as part of the CFP, it really just ignited something inside of me. Cool. And more so than the other class, I took the insurance class and the, you know, the process class and all that. But yep. when I took the tax class, it really just kind of made me sit back and think, this is something that touches everybody's lives. Yes. Rich, poor, young, old, name any race, name any gender. Everybody has to deal with taxes. Yep. You've got federal, you've got state, you've got local, you've got sales, you've got estate taxes, gift taxes. The world of tax is much bigger than just federal income tax. And there's so much that it touches. Yeah, a good portion of what we do in helping clients decide what type of account do you want is really a tax question. Do you want a Roth IRA? Do you want a traditional IRA? Well, how do you want to be taxed? Do you want a trust account? Do you want an annuity? All of these come down to taxes. Yeah. You know, my growth fund and somebody else's growth fund or my value fund and somebody else's value fund are going to look very similar and probably perform just about the same. And you can tweak around the edges and you can use individual stocks and use ETFs. But a lot of the decisions we're trying to make for clients and with clients are tax-related. And most tax legislation is written in pencil. It gets rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. So, you know, we're not only looking at what are the rules today, what do we think the rules are going to be 30, 50, 70 years from now, we may be looking at, you know, the amount you're saving, you're going to have several million dollars left over. We need to start doing some estate planning. How do you want your heirs to receive this? So am I going to optimize this so that you and your spouse can get the most out of this? Am I going to optimize this so the second spouse can get the most out of it? Are we optimizing this for the kids? You know, what are the trade-offs? What are the, the choices that you can make? 
And one of the roles I had at Fidelity working with retirement participants, I kept hearing over and over again, people that were in their 70s, in their 80s, that were retired, that saved all this money in these pre-tax buckets, they felt like they were stuck because they'd saved everything pre-tax. And now their tax picture was they were going to get these 1099Rs for these RMDs or for their annuity payouts or whatever. And they had zero control over their taxes. Whatever their marginal rate was that the year, that's what they were going to pay. Wow. And just kind of reinforced the thought for me that, you know, I, I kind of want to have more of a conversation about taxes and about how that can impact you and how that can make you more or less successful. And, you know, again, we were getting to know each other. I was sitting in the parking lot at, uh, at Lambeau field, uh, in my, in my little, mm-hmm. in my little rig here. Right. Again, one of the things, you know, a couple of things that struck me and I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this guy on the show. Right. John, first off your background as an analyst going wealth manager, unique to me. Right. The second thing was, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody else getting their master's degree in taxation. Like mm-hmm. you don't just talk the talk, man. You walk the walk, right? Like this is this is such a deep education in taxes. You're right. It touches us all in so many ways. As you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, the structure of our, our corporation, right? Mm-hmm. All of that, you know, all of that is, is a tax discussion. And if mm-hmm. you're not working with the right tax professional, who doesn't have the deep knowledge that a guy like John has, right? Working on your master's degree, are you getting the right guidance? Um, so that was that was unique, also, John. In that, you know, you're super. I mean, obviously, you offer, uh, uh, you know, outside of that tax conversation, right? Obviously, that's part of the service that you bring to your clients. Um, mm-hmm. But you're you're narrow. You're really narrow on. I don't want to call it messaging because it's more than that, right? But you're really narrow on what sets your clients up for the best success. Mm-hmm. And that is and that is tax planning. Uh, I've, I've found that there are generally two things in life that people are willing to value. One is anything medical. My wife's a nurse. That's how we met. I was her patient. I wrote a thank you note and here we are 20 some odd years later. That's amazing. And, and the other thing is get the IRS slash state slash local tax bill down, or I've got a problem with one of these and I need you to fix it. I'm three and oh in audits with the IRS. Two of them were for me and one of them was for my 15 year old son. Wow. So March of this year, he gets a letter from the IRS I walk upstairs and I tell him, well, congratulations, you're growing up. You just got your first IRS notice. <laughs> you got two choices how you can handle this. You can either call them or you can sign this power of attorney and dad will take care of it for you. What do you want to do? Where do I sign? Uh, good choice. <laughs> uh, John, I know who I'm calling. Uh, not, we have, you know... <laughs> Yeah, nine years in this business and, you know, several more than that filing taxes. I've, I haven't had to deal with that yet. I am knocking on wood uh, as I say that, but um, it's nice to know I got a resource in my corner if I, if I do come across that. Yeah. yeah these, these, you know, the things that they wanted were all pretty simple for, for Ryan. It was, they had misapplied a payment. So okay. we filed a tax return, taxes due. They didn't have his $115 and they didn't think so. Gotcha. 
So they got a screen print of the confirmation. They got a letter from the bank saying that the payment had been withdrawn. They got a copy of the power of attorney and a letter from me indicating, please contact me with any further questions. And I was really honestly pleasantly surprised how quickly that got resolved. So cool. we got that notice on March 7th and I replied the next day. And I want to say I think it was May 25th or May 26th. I got the letter back that said, hey, you're all good. You're taken care of. Wow. All right. Yeah. So I was really surprised. And that was for the 2021 filing. So I was really surprised that they were able to turn it around at, at the speed that they did. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, I've gotten that, I've gotten that letter before where, Hey, you, uh, you underpaid mm-hmm. by $175 or whatever. I remember what the amount was. Now ours did not mm-hmm. happen as quickly as yours because I just wrote the check and said, here you go. You know, and, um, it was a small enough mm-hmm. amount that it really wasn't worth a lot of time digging deep. Um, and, uh, and I got the letter a month later. Now I'd already submitted mm-hmm. the check 28 or 29 days prior to getting the second letter. But when I, by the time I called and followed up on it, that was all good too. So actually it was an easy thing to deal with. Um, but it took us, you know, it took us several weeks for it to, to make it happen. So, um, in sure. that's under the same circumstances, I'll do the same thing, John, but if it's a bigger deal, man, you're getting my phone call. I want to know, I want well, to learn a little bit. Hopefully we don't have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, knock on wood, right? Um, yeah. I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of mission with, with your mm-hmm. role at Harvest Financial Advisors mm-hmm. and who you're, you know, I know taxes touch everybody, but is there anybody in particular that you like serving? Is there a, you know, is there a personal reason behind that? Tell me about kind of mission and values around your practice. So the type of client that I really connect with is an engineer, logical, detail-oriented, task-focused. Those are the type of clients that I really enjoy sitting down with because I know that I can really add a lot of value to what they're already doing. Wonderful. Um, I can't think of a client that I haven't been able to help in some way. You know, and maybe they didn't like the message that I had to deliver, but I can still consider it to be a help to them because I told them the truth. Yeah. Yeah, for you sure. Know. Knowledge. And not not my role or I think any advisor's role to tell a client what to do. I'm going to give you options and I'm going to tell you here are the choices, here are the consequences of each. You're the captain of the ship. You get to decide how they move forward. Yep. So we'll have some clients that will say, you know, here's the position I want to take on this, you know, this tax issue. You know, here's a couple of cases. Here's a couple of precedents. Um, you know, it's your choice how you want to move forward. You know, I'm not your, I'm not the person that's going to be signing the tax return. And we don't prep tax returns. And, and I never want to put myself in the position of signing a tax return. I'm, I'm much more interested in the tax planning, not the tax reporting. Yeah. So yeah. they have to be comfortable with what they're going to be signing on the return because it's their signature. Yeah. You know, you, you don't only create a great resource to me and guys like me, John, you are a great resource to other advisors, right? You've got a, you've got a narrow knowledge where not only does that serve your clients, but potentially serves the clients of others. And so for those mm-hmm. people listening, um, are, are you open to being a resource? Are you open to, uh, uh, helping out where help is needed. You know, we all we all get compensated for the work that we do. 
Um, but for our listeners who have questions about taxes, things along those lines, can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Best way to get a hold of me would be email. It'd be john at harvestadvisory.com. Okay. And uh, I, I, I write a monthly article for a website, Rethinking 65. Yeah. Thanks for bringing and that up, by the way. I, you know, I, I didn't anticipate when I started doing that how many people I would have reaching out to me. And, but that's been really satisfying to see how many people will send questions about the articles I write, or they'll say, Hey, I read your article and I really appreciate it. It helped me with X, Y, and Z. So cool. it tells me that people are reading it. Yep. Yeah. You got, you got a lot of great content there. I took a look at it this morning. You know, you got a, you got a lot of great content there. You know, I, I, I got introduced to them through Monica and, uh, she writes for them as well occasionally, but I've just kind of kept it up. They're saying, you know, hey, I want to use this as a as a marketing piece, and I'll write an article a month for them on various topics. And most of them have some connection to taxes. Uh, every yeah. once in a while, there's one in there that's not. Like uh, did one on cybersecurity. Cool. So my that's wife funny. got her Amazon account hacked back in ah. February. And that had payment accounts attached to it. It had emails attached to it. So that really made us sit down and really say, okay, where are we vulnerable? How can we close some of these vulnerabilities? And what can we do to, you know, make it hard for the bad guys to get in, but also not make it so difficult on us that it's really hard to get things done. So we started looking at things like, okay, let's block the ability to port our cell phone numbers. Because if somebody ports your cell phone number, now they've got the key to the kingdom for a password reset. Uh-huh. Or using password managers so that I don't have to remember a ton of passwords. Because yeah. by default, what ends up happening is it all becomes the same password. Exactly. Exactly. So looking at things like that and saying, okay, how, how can we make this work? Yeah. Um, so that was just something we were going through at the time. And I probably spent 20, 25 hours on that and my mother recently got uh, taken advantage of uh, she got her uh, discover card hacked and we spent probably six or seven hours calling people and telling her hey you need to cancel this order this is invalid and she didn't end up losing any money out of it but you know I, I can see cyber being a, certainly as important of an issue as tax and i would think any advisor would do well to have a rudimentary understanding of how to protect their clients. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And we've been, listen, uh, you know, my family's been victim of it too. My parents have been victim of it too. I mean, it, I think it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it probably touches all of us or the huge majority of us eventually. Well, I'll tell you the other yeah. thing, you know, I mean, you know, we, uh, we sell services. So we've got credit card numbers that we keep on file and certainly the, you know, the security on top of that, the number of people that we've got to get in touch with every month who has had fraud on their cards or their card number changed, you know, I so I see it every single month. We've got to update cards in the system because it's touching every one of our, you know, it's touching some of our clients every month. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's crazy how often it happens. You know, it really, it really is. So you're, you're, uh, yeah, you're our, yeah. go ahead, John. Uh, Alice and I have a checking account that I got a notice that it, had been linked to a PayPal account a couple months ago. Wow. So I asked her, did you do this? And she said, no, I don't have a PayPal account. 
Turns out I had a PayPal account back in 2009 that I had completely forgotten about that yeah. someone had broken into. Uh-huh. And they were attempting to remove money from our checking account via the PayPal account. Yep. So I had to go back to the drawing board on the, on the cyber. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing and then it's another. And you, know, you just react as best you can. But, the scammers are smart. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would just love to see some of them just use their talents for good. I can't imagine how much better right. the world would be. I know, right? Exactly, right? If we could get a, a, a sizable percentage. You're exactly right. Um, John's mm-hmm. also on uh, on LinkedIn, and um, his last name is spelled G-E-H-R-I. So there's not a lot of John Geary's out there, right? Not too many. No, that's a pretty, pretty um, rare last name. So the... Uh, couple of people when I was at Fidelity would say, oh, well, you are, you, are you related to the watchmaker? Oh, okay. I, yeah, that's not a brand I know. Or are you related, are you related to the architect? So there are at least two other people with the same name. All right. But uh, no, I'm not related to either one of them. Now, I don't know if I'm fortunate or unfortunate, but there is only one Charlie Van Derpen. I don't, you know, that's the, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe in the Netherlands somewhere there's another. Um, John, you have such a unique path in this industry. I love it. I love your, your focus on the technical aspects of, uh, you know, the cybersecurity, the taxes, right? Those are things that unless you're getting your master's degree in taxation, I mean, there's things you're not going to know. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm impressed by that, you know, that level of knowledge. And hey, there's a lot of, a lot of wealth advisors maybe listening to the show that are like, he's working with like engineers, so I don't have to. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's not every financial advisor wants to work with an engineer because there's such a data-driven mind there, right? Such a such an analytical counterpart. Sometimes that's that's not right for every personality. So it's cool that you, you know, that you focus mm-hmm. on serving those folks as well. Um, mm-hmm. Look up John on on LinkedIn. Uh, John and I are going to stay on here a little bit after the recording because I'm going to help him put his articles that are rethink on on, on rethinking65.com. Is it rethink or rethinking, John? ING, rethinking. Okay, so rethinking65.com is where you find John's articles. I'm going to help show him how to get that in front of a larger, much, much larger audience on LinkedIn. So um, I want to say thank you so much. If you enjoyed our show, make sure you subscribe, give us a like, all those good social media things. Also, we're also looking for interesting, we're always looking for interesting people to interview on RA Collective. So if you know somebody that absolutely needs to be interviewed, that's got a unique story on their path to independence, uh, we'd love to talk to them. So RAcollective.com to find out more information about the podcast and uh, and to book interviews. So thank you so much for joining me and my new friend, John Geary, who is the smartest tax guy I know. Uh, John, thanks for being here, man, and signing off from another RA Collective. Glad to be here. You've just listened to another episode of RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven. For more information, visit riacollective.com. Now, have a great day.